And then, Nick and then the pick. next one, I can't believe this. I can't believe this list is real. I can't believe. Shopee, 103, black on both sides, most deaf. 102, <laughs> young thug, Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Let The Stands. This is season 8 episode 10 and you are here today with your hosts Eden McKenzie and Chopper. I almost forgot my name there. And today guys is the finale episode for the season. It came really quickly but you know we've had quite a few conversations, quite a few exciting conversations, some great guests this season and you know it's come to the end now. Um, We're going to go away and just figure out what we want the future to look like but you know, in this present moment, today will be the last episode. We gave you enough warning this time. That is a critique that we get a lot, but we did give you enough warning. Um, yeah, so Shopee, how you doing? <sighs> yeah, there's the heavy sigh. It's been a very trying week. Today has been very trying. And I will elaborate on that more when we review a certain concert because they're interconnected. But... um. I will say on a positive note that it's always temporary. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Mm. Yeah. Um, it is always temporary, whatever you're going through. Um, yeah, for me, um, I'm a bit exhausted. I can't lie. And I think it's a good exhaustion in a way. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about why in a second, but um i am feeling a bit tired and hay fever has been kicking my ass a lot so shout out to anyone who can relate to that because i know quite a lot of hay fever sufferers and it's very heavy this year so um just going through that but i woke up this morning and um i kind of like thought to myself do you know what i'm trying in all facets of my life i'm just trying and um you know a lot of the stuff that i'm reading nowadays talks about I'm leading a life where there's a lack of um, pressure and a lack of forcing things to happen. Um, And I've been practicing that a lot more recently. Um, I've I've stepped back from really trying to be something other than myself. And that journey in itself has been like really transformative for how I engage with life generally. So I say that to say like anyone who woke up this morning and, you know, you're trying your best at the end of the day, please acknowledge that if you can, because sometimes we may look at, you know, the internet or things that are going on in the world and think we're not doing enough, but the mere fact that you are trying is enough. And I just felt really compelled to say that because um, I myself need to hear myself say that. Um, And I know there's someone out there listening to this podcast who probably needs to hear it as well. Um, But yeah, I just feel a bit tired, um, a bit exhausted, but the reason I'm exhausted, I'm grateful for. So we'll just go straight into why. Um, actually, before we do that, we'll leave a space for the listener just to ask how you're doing. Um, like I said, and I always say, please take a moment to, you know, acknowledge where you are at the moment in the present moment. Um, if you need to get something to drink, please have something to drink or find something to eat. And just, you know, take some moments to recognize where you are. Um, 
you know life can get very busy just take some time if you can um but let's talk about it shopping let's talk about it because something happened on tuesday something we were looking forward to for a while something i didn't even think i was going to shout out benga for the quick you know you know got a quick message on twitter saying oh i have a spare ticket do you want it and i was like you know what sometimes in this life there are angels sometimes in this life so shout out to benga because um that 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 was really helpful and you know that concert cleo soul let's talk about it shop here i feel like you let's should i feel like you should go first my friend okay so um i guess i will start with the fact that for the longest time i thought i wasn't going to go to this concert and everyone was talking about it it sold out literally one minute after it went live and um literally no tickets were available i didn't really see that many resellers like real resellers or anything like that managed to get a ticket shout out to banger again and you know met with shoppe we had dinner shoppe don't say anything to that point um and then we literally went straight to the venue dinner with the woman who shouldn't be working at the restaurant shoppe shoppe (laughs) and i can say that because i went to the same restaurant before seeing Jojo. And this woman was not on job. And my friend also, shout out to my friend Michael, we were not impressed. And mm. a month later, my impressed, I was still not impressed. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the establishment or the restaurant, but yeah. there's a particular Caribbean restaurant in Camden. <laughs> and no, that's too big. There's, there's, there's a number of them in Camden, Eden. Yeah, but there's, there's a number the, of them. <laughs> and there's a particular employee who needs to be let go? Shop, no, maybe, we're not going to do that. Maybe her call, maybe her calling is little. Maybe her calling <laughs> is banking. No. <laughs> we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Um, so yeah, we went to a restaurant and then we literally went to Clear Soul and got inside and literally, I walked down the stairs and Lowell Connor was across from me. Went upstairs and then I heard Common was there as well. Yes, apparently he was in the room. And literally it just started to like swarm with people after a while i don't know if like just, just to say it was at coco which is in mornington crescent i learned that from shoppe because i thought it was somewhere else don't you don't have to embarrass me on this podcast shoppe um so yeah we went to mornington crescent and if you've been to coco before you know it's it's three different levels so every level was packed and everyone was kind of crammed up together we shoppe and i were by just under the beam so we had to look straight down towards the stage to see Cleo Soul and I really 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 loved it I really I I don't think I've been to a concert where it feels like everyone is like really in the same space at the same time like um there was a part where we were all singing um oh what song was it Chope um I mean I feel like there was a number of songs of people no no there was one song there was one song and it went viral and know you are loved yeah that's it know you are loved like she was playing that she was singing that and then everyone started singing it back to her and i was just like this is magical like i've i don't think i've i don't think i've been to a concert like that in a while if i'm being honest i don't think i've been to a concert where i feel like i've really engaged with the audience as much as i have the performer and the audience were just amazing like there were no issues there were no well, at least from where I was standing, there were no issues. Um, and everyone seemed to know the music. Everyone could sing for some reason. Um, 
and it was just like there was so much joy like every, i could just feel in the air that everyone was just grateful to be in that in that kind of position in that presence of cleo soul and she was on point like she was singing well she was like hitting all of the notes she was you know directing some of the band um back in singer what was his name daniel is his name daniel what was his name again there was one back in singer I was uh, the white, white boy. guy yeah, the white guy. Yeah, I, I can't remember his name, but he came to do what he needed to do. Yep, he killed he, that. He, he earned his check. And then there was Latrice. What was her name? Um, there was another lady. There were three. There were three backing singers. I don't remember, remember their names, but they, they were do. phenomenal. Yep, I remember Jack on the phenomenal. guitar. He was great. Um, phenomenal. Phenomenal. You know, I yeah, they were all great. And then Chronics came out. Little Sims came out, and. Yes. Oh, guys, honestly, I don't want to make anyone jealous. And I'm so grateful that I managed to get in after thinking I wouldn't get in. But it was just a night of magic. And I'm just so grateful to... Ex honestly, it was a great night. Great, great night. She didn't perform the song I wanted her to perform. But Shopping and I kind of guess she wouldn't. The song I wanted her to perform was like the second half of One Day. Um, because that's one of my favorite sections on the album. Um, but you know, I understand why, because every other song is more popular and, you know, it's the, it's the, it's probably the least known song on the album, I would say, um, album being mother, by the way, cause she did play Rose in the Dark and, um, mother, mm -hmm. um, and, let's talk and about Winter that. Diaries as well. Let's, Winter Songs, Eden Mackenzie Gardner. my apologies. <laughs> but let's so even talk about, thinking of, um, Tink. Let's talk about that. Cause even the day after the show, I went through my Spotify and actually like counted how many songs she did. She did about 22 songs. Yeah, she did. Did She did damn near most, she da did damn near all of Rose in the Dark, yep. damn near all of Mother, mm -hmm. did Shine from before the albums. She did one of my favorite, favorite songs in Winter Songs, Try and You Try. I love that song. Mm -hmm. And she did something else, which I can't, it's not coming to me right now. But yeah, she did, yeah, she came on like at 8.45, Thank God me and Eden were already in the room because I was mm -hmm. so sure it was going to be nine at the earliest. Came on early. She, did, she was on for nearly two hours. She did mm -hmm. like nearly two hours. Um, so it was definitely worth the money and everything. But um, I'm going to let Eden continue his praise. No, I kind of want to hear what you have to say now. What were your thoughts of it? <sighs> There's that sigh again. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start off with how I felt in the moment. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to get into how tiredness, uh, exhaustion, being burnt out, I feel has unfortunately kind of handicapped my experience mm -hmm. of the show. And also, I'm going to cuss out her band for messing up my favorite song, which I'll get to in a second. Because <laughs> she got them together during another song. Cause like, oh, so it wasn't me then. So your band, is on, your band <laughs> wasn't totally on point today. The rehearsals weren't rehearsing totally. Okay, <laughs> so we know. Um, so no, I what I will say is that um, I want to start off by talking about her voice. You know me. Um, I love a singer. I love a vocalist. Mm. And it's just so her voice is just so clear and mm. so pure and just mm. so natural and just so effortless and. You you often hear it sound like just just like the record, just like the album. Like she does, mm. she does, if not better. And just 
hearing her like improvise some little ad libs here and there and just even just hearing her messing around with her singers i'm just like wow what what a tone what 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 a rich voice she has and i've said this before that there's such an expression and such a power there and not necessarily in terms of her being so powerful or so rangy and whatever but like there is like a power and a presence when she sings and i really felt that throughout the whole show but namely on songs like um uh build me up when i'm in your arms why why don't you shine so many songs so many don't let me fall um even though she like you know she had to stop halfway through because she was crying um so i started off with that and then also her band was just ridiculous ridiculous like my girl had a string a string um um arrangement come on give us give us strings giving us strings the guitarist for more reason than one was incredible Eden don't laugh um i'm just minding my business um the incredible band <laughs> just an incredible incre- and her singers like like i said you know me i love singers i love vocalists you know me and while i was getting my 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 drink and unfortunately started earlier than i thought her three singers just killed the beginning of one love and I was, I was, I remember walking to eat, walking with Eden to the show. I was like, I need to hear one love. It's only one minute and 30 seconds, but that song is powerful. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. And that is customary of many of her songs. Yep. The whole, yeah. And I said, yeah. said it last week while we were doing the Kendrick episode. Um, but I really do feel like both her albums, especially the mother album, have been very responsible in aiding in the growth in me that was already occurring as a man. Mm-hmm. and in the opening of my heart and in the being in touch with my emotions mm-hmm. and i feel like both those albums mother especially i i i hate to think of other albums in recent times that have really impacted me not just as a, a lover of music but just also as a person like a human being yeah. there are literally lyrics on both those albums that i now speak to myself as if they're bible scripture mm-hmm. and so to hear some of the songs like don't let it go to your head. That song has just been a bomb for and me. The guitar on that. Yep. The guitar on that. The drums on that. Mm. Um, that song has been a bomb for me. So to hear that in person was just so enriching to the spirit. Hearing Sunshine, which Eden doesn't seem to rate that much. No, no, no. Shope, don't do that. What happened was me and Shope were in the crowd and then she started playing the song and I was like, oh, I skipped this song. And then I thought it was another song. I can't remember what song it was, but I, I said to him, oh, I skipped this song. And Chopin looked at me in disgust. I've never seen Chopin look at me. So he actually turned his body away from me and then like turned and looked at me from the side of his face. And then I realized, actually, this isn't the song when she started to sing it. So don't do that, because I said that at the event. But hearing Sunshine was just... And then seeing her, seeing her reaction to us knowing the words. The song. And I, that was also quite a beautiful thing, like, Obviously, we all paid, so obviously we all know the music, but <laughs> there, was a, there was a certain joy in her face that she was like, wow, you man, we know the words. Like, yeah. yes, yes, is Yes, Cleopatra, we do. Yeah. We do. We do. So hearing Sunshine, like, hearing Know You Are Loved, like, and hearing Young Love. <gasps> oh, young Love. Mm. Young Love. When I'm so, in your arms. 
When I'm in your arms, why don't you? Hearing woman. Promises. When I heard promises, oh my God, I love that song. I wrote a letter to myself. I love that song. And it was full of promises. One for you and one for me. Love is not our enemy. Banger. Banger. Uh, Banger. But unfortunately, unfortunately. Oh, actually, before I get into more more me i don't know what's happened to me over the years but i'm really out here doing marriage obliged and sharing my life to you your humans you're being emotionally available and that's beautiful we love it um but you know so before i get into that i will say there were a few a few teething issues with the band (laughs) a few like incredible but i feel like it's the beyonce me i'm just like such a even though I'm not the one on stage, I'm such a perfectionist. Like, I expect greatness. Mm-hmm. I expect certain things. And then, so build me up. Um, it, I got, it, sorry to interrupt you. Can I just say in that moment, when she finished the song, I turned to Shopee and I said, did she do it justice? And Shopee said, no, but we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't because of her. So build me up. If you, if you know me personally, that song is my favorite song on the album. And that song, mm-hmm. whenever that second chorus comes in, it, without fail, without fail, every single time I hear that song, I just well up with, there's just something in my stomach that, and my chest that I just feel. It's like my body goes through like a transformation for those like six minutes. It's, that song is incredible, incredible. Mm-hmm. The best song on the album and just, uh, yeah, a song that has just once again just really done so much for me. Mm-hmm. So that song, I was like, and I knew she was going to do it. I knew. Yeah, my of spirit, course. My spirit did. And she did do the song. And I was like, I was like okay, I'm ready to do praise and worship. I'm mm-hmm. ready to fall to the floor. I'm ready to speak in tongues. I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to be doing Pentecostal, Pentecostal praise and worship. I'm ready. <laughs> Shopee's hands were in the air, is all I'm going to say. They were. His arms were in the air. No, I said it. Shout out to Lucy, who's, who's a consistent listener, who we love so dear. Shout out to you. I told her on Twitter that I'm, good, I'm ready to do praise and worship as if it's Fred Hammond. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. And, and then, so she did the song. And then if you guys have heard the song, when the drums kick in and the choir kick in, obviously it's, it's a moment. It's a very well arranged and crafted moment. Mm-hmm. The drums, the drummer was not on job. <laughs> He missed the cue. He he missed his cue, and it just it just kind of fucked me up. I was like, no, this no, the moment's ruined now. <laughs> the moment's ruined now because it's like this isn't how the song is supposed to grow. That was a crucial point for the drummer to be on job. Mm. He was out here giving Kelly Rowland energy when he's supposed to be doing Beyonce. <laughs> Whoa, really? And yeah, yes, we're gonna do it. <laughs> um, and it just kind of it kind of broke me up of, out of my days and I was a bit it kind of unfortunately even though she like she really was singing mm. on that song like she was singing and I could tell that song means a lot to her and I don't know when it's going to happen but me and her are going to have a conversation one day yeah, it's going to happen um, and unfortunately the moment just wasn't reached because like and even you know the song when the drum kicks in at a certain time, that's when, like, it really mm-hmm. goes up another level. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was just me being petty and me being over the top. But then the same thing happened in Sunshine. Another pair of... She asked, she asked it, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So she did the first half of Sunshine. 
And the drummer once again messed up. And then she said, oh, wait, wait, stop. And they start again. like, yes, that's right. You make them, you make them start again. You make them. Good. <laughs> because I'll be damned if you mess up the breakdown of Sunshine. <laughs> I'll be damned. I've already had to sacrifice. Build me up. Sunshine, get it right. <laughs> and, and I was like, so Cleo understood me. Because she stopped them. And said, uh-uh, we will start again. <laughs> And she did. Oh, man. And they started again, and it was a vibe. And Eden definitely saw me once again, hands in the air, yep. as if I was listening to the Clark sisters. Yep. And that was a beautiful moment, because that song, once again, once again, that song has really just been a bomb and has really just been such... It's been therapy to the whole album, but Sunshine, Build Me Up, Don't Let Go To Your Head, Know You Are Loved, Promises, Spirit. Those songs have just really, really been transformative to me these past 10 months came out. So I was happy for her to know that they were on, they weren't on job, but she made them do it again because she mm-hmm. did. Yeah. So, but no, so she was incredible, a beautiful, a rare, a rare spirit and a rare gift that she has. And I'm just so happy for the way things have turned out because Eden and I spoke about how she's been around for a long time. Yep. Some people are only just getting attuned to her now, but she's been around well over 10 years. Let's talk about that real quick. Let's talk about that. Because Clear Soul and SBTV days, right? Tiny Temper days. Was anyone really... Like, I, I remember her and Yasmin. Do you remember Yasmin? I sure do. I sure like, do. those two were the, like, singer girls on, like... Did she do an A64? Probably. I'm sure she did. For Americans who are listening to this, by the way, SBTV is like a music channel on YouTube. Um, it was owned by the late Jamal Edwards, and we'll be talking about that later on. And it was episode. responsible for birthing the career Jessie of J, so many Eddie, Ed, Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, so um, many grime, hip hop, and British R and B pop artists. Leanne Le Havis was yep. on there early on in her career. So many artists who I love today, I discovered so through SBTV on. on. Honestly. It's been such a, pe- a beacon of today's music talent in the UK. SBTV was the first channel to really put a lot of those guys on, but yep. it didn't continue. Yeah. So, yeah, SBTV was, um, for us, I don't even know what it's, it's com- we can compare it to, really. Um, but it was just an opportunity for a lot of UK artists to come and showcase their talent on YouTube and in a central place and then b- basically grow a career from that. And Cleo Soul was one of the faces that you saw on SBTV and various other like YouTube. What was she on? No, I think it was mostly SBTV that I saw her on at least. And um, she would release like songs every so often or she would be on features mm-hmm. or um, just release like... Da Vinci, um, Tiny Temper. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chipmunk. Yep. Yeah. Like she was, she was definitely the feature girl for a lot of like people on SBTV at one point. And... I, for one, never saw this. Never. I, 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 I don't know. Never. I, don't I know never if, would have imagined. Yeah. I, I just never saw this. Like, you know, with some people, you can kind of see them growing to a certain point and being, like, huge one day. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of someone. Um, like, for example, Chloe and Halle, for example, as a group, you can see that they have potential to grow and be big, like, be huge. Or, and um, also just 
fucking ban- bananas musically. Just like we've not even seen. Well, I mean, not Chloe. I mean, I don't know what Chloe's giving us solo wise. But Chloe and Halle the group. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, but yeah, bring, like... bring back my girls. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chloe, leave the album on the hard drive. <laughs> oh man, why do you always do that when I'm trying to be serious, man? Because um... I'd know what Chloe is doing. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. Giving us treatment, have have mercy. Like <laughs> trying to give us Army Megan the Stallion. You are better than this. You are better than this. And you're giving and you're giving me Disney Channel's um Dreezy. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, that's clear as all. So SBTV, yeah, she's one of the people that, you know, she was someone you saw a lot, but I didn't really see it to this magnitude. And that's me being completely honest to the fact that, you know, I I knew who she was. I didn't pay attention to her music. Um, Ed Sheeran, when he was on SBTV, I liked some songs. And I liked what he was doing, but it was evident that this guy was going to, you know, someday grow and become a bigger artist someday. And Familia and La Havis. And the, well, I, I don't I, I don't know if Leanne Havis counts as one of the SBTV people, to be honest. I don't. She think... was on before her first album. Yeah, but I feel like her growth was not so much tied to the channel, whereas Cleo Soul was featured on the channel quite a lot. Do you, do you get what I mean? Like she I was a regular saying, on the channel. I think it's because that's where I first saw Leanne, though. I never. Uh, okay. I, I that's literally SBTV A sixty four. She did an acoustic acoustic version of Israel Love Big Enough. That was my introduction to Leanne Havis, and that ten years ago. That's my girl still to this still to this day and because of yeah. TV. Yeah. But with with Clear Soul, for example, I just didn't see it. Um, but I see it now and it's so clear. And um Shopee, what was your experience with her like on SBTV? So I so my thing with Cleo on SBTV and just in general, I've never denied that she had a great voice and she could sing. But I just felt a lot of her early music was and there was definitely a time in the late Sorry, in the early 2000s, there was a post-Amy Winehouse boom. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of UK soul artists who were coming up, who were just making pastiches of 60s soul, clearly inspired labels, really just trying to make an Amy Winehouse because Amy Winehouse really just changed the game in the mid-2000s, early 2010s mm-hmm. with Back to Black. And that's when, you know, because of Amy Winehouse, we now have Adele and Florence in the Machine and... Duffy while she was still around. Cleo was part of that crop of newer girls coming up after her. Mm. And when she came out, I was like, you just it was literally no shade to her. It was giving Morrison's value Amy Winehouse. That's what a lot of her early music was. Not denying that she couldn't sing. <laughs> if but... I ever catch you in a Morrison's, I swear to God. <laughs> every day sending for them. <laughs> if I ever catch you in there. <laughs> but that's my point. <laughs> I never denied that she could sing. I never denied that. And I can't remember what song she had with Tiny, but I did love that song at the time. I can't remember what it was, but there was a song she had. And she was in the video. I remember that. And, but it just was like, the music just didn't speak to me. It was very uninspired. It wasn't bad. It was just, it was, just, it was forgettable. Mm. And then my good friend, a good friend of mine, uh, like a year, two years ago, he had been telling me, shop it, shop it, Rose in the Dark, shop it. No, you, you would love it. And I thought, clear soul, that one from 2011. I was really not trying to hear it. And I was going to get around to it eventually. But there's just a lot of music that was coming out. So I was like, she was on top of my list. But one day I went to his house on one Saturday. And he forced me. He played it. He's like, we're going to listen to this today. He's like, I don't care. We're playing it. And I was floored. Mm. I couldn't believe it. I was like, clear soul, 
<laughs> is this her? Yeah. And then I went home, rinsed the album on Spotify, and I was like, okay, I'm with it now. I'm going to yeah. support you. I'm going to keep going. And, and that pen Mo- game is crazy. Just exactly. And then Mother came out. I was like, oh, oh, oh. So clearly, this one is doing something. Yep. And then I went back and listened to all the salt stuff. And I was like, oh. And then went back and listened to Winter Songs. I was like, wait, hold on now. Is Winter Winter Songs good? Great. Really good. That's to try and try is on that project. Um, And I couldn't, I just couldn't believe what happened. But one thing that people don't really realize is that between 2012 and 2017, she virtually vanished from the industry. Mm. She did nothing. She did nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Then when she returned, it was songs like Sweet Blue, Win a Song, Why Don't You? And I don't know what's happened. We'll never know. But clearly, she went through a massive transformation, not musically, but personally. Yeah. Like, you get a sense that life has happened to her. Life mm-hmm. has happened to her during those five, six years. Or and for it's her. For her. And it is so palpable in the music she makes now. And it now shows in what she is doing for us because she's now being a vessel mm-hmm. for self-preservation. Oh, yes, I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I love things. where you're going with this. I love where you're going with this. And so now, and that's now what I'm seeing now. But the music mm-hmm. she was making before that break was not. And like I said, it wasn't bad. It's not, they're not bad songs by any means. But they were just not. When you now compare it to what she's doing now, it just doesn't compare. I think it was just giving um, inauthentic, inauthentic. Like, it didn't really ring true. Like, it, with her music now, when I hear it, it sounds like it's coming directly from her mm-hmm, soul. Mm-hmm. And I just feel, feel like in the past, there was no connection. There was just like, you know, I'm trying to make it in the industry. It was giving major label, sing this song. Yeah, this. exactly. Do this. Um, whereas now, like, I even turned to Shopee when 23 came on. I was like, imagine being her mum and hearing this song. <laughs> Saying mother, stop acting 23. I'm like, wow. Beautifully dragging her mum for filth for five minutes. Yes. And when cussing, she was singing it, I was like, wow. Cussing her mum for five minutes. And I was like, I respect it. I <laughs> so that being said, so that's, so that's our experience with Cleo Soul over the past decade. But now, I never would have thought that she is now, not only she's one of my favourite artists right now, and I'm going to say, I don't care what I'm saying. She is the best woman. She's the best British R&B artist right now. I don't care what you say. Like, yeah, I've got She is the well. best British R&B soul artist. And you know me. I'm the R&B guy. There are several that I champion. Several. Mm. Can you name them? Jack James, Linda Dawn, Children No, women, 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 women. Oh, women. Um, Linda Dawn, Bella, Pip Millet. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, my, my mind's escaping me right now. But you know, I, oh, Ego LMA. There's so many that I love. Mm. Oh, Echo LMA, she's amazing. So many. Amazing. So many of, of, of British R&B that is killing it right now. Um, Tamira right now that I love. So mm. many. So, so many. But Cleo, Zylo. Ah, Zylo. Zylo. I need to re-listen because you keep recommending her to me and I, you, I'm really you struggling. You people are sleeping on Zylo. And I've been saying it for like the last... Etta Bon, Charlotte de Santos. There's so many. In this UK right, I'm going to give Zylo another go because I listened to The Nature of the Beast, I think it was. Yes, Nature of the Beast, incredible album. But, and I love all of those girls. Love all of them. Love all of them. Jamila Barry, 
she's dope too. Um, so many, so so many who are people are just killing it right now. Mahalia, of course, we've spoken about her many times, but no one is touching Cleo. Oh, you're putting Cleo above Mahalia? Of course. Okay. One thousand percent. And you mean musically? Musically. Commercially. Oh no, no, no! Not in terms of like commercial stature and all those things. I'm just meaning in terms of the music, quality okay. of the music. No one in British R and B is you're doing what she's doing. Yeah, it's true. No one's she's, she's definitely creating some form of a movement with her music, like with the vulnerable lyrics and the way people rally to buy tickets as well. I don't think I've seen that for like a British R and B artist like that in a while. But even beyond the lyrics, just the musicianship, the mm-hmm. arrangements. The production and inflow. We have yeah, shout to inflow. We have to shout inflow for that. Obviously, Eden and I we've reviewed the album last year. But you know me as the uncle. I was like, wow, I've never heard anyone, British or American, whoever, referencing Minnie Ripperton, mm-hmm. Rory Connection, The Fifth Dimension, Isaac mm-hmm. Hayes, all of those people. Donny Hathaway. All mm-hmm. of us are just spewing out of this beautiful music she's given us. Yeah. And also a lot of lovers rock and reggae is there too. Yeah. And jazz and. But anyway, say all that to say, incredible. But unfortunately, I feel like because I'm on sad, I'm sadly in a place in my life right now where my emotions and mental health have been on a roller coaster to say the least these mm-hmm. last few months. I and I'm very tired, can't lie to you guys. I'm exhausted, I'm burnt out, I'm drained, mm-hmm. I'm done. And frankly, even this morning I was over everyone and everything. I was like, I hate everything. Mm-hmm. However, and I feel like as much as I did enjoy the show, and Eden was there to confirm that I did enjoy the show, I feel did like because of how tired, I, I remember think, remember during what I was thinking, I, I was like, shit, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. Damn. And I kind of feel a bit sad now because I kind of feel like the high everyone is still on, I feel like mine's already gone mm-hmm. because my body was just so, and my mind is just so finished. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in the moment while it was on for that hour and 45 minutes, I was there. I was in the mo- I was there. I loved it. But I feel like even now, a few days later, I'm like, damn. Like, I'm actually questioning if I enjoyed the show. I don't seem to be feeling the same way everyone else does because of how busy my mind has been and how overwhelmed I've been these last weeks, but especially this week. And yeah, it kind of makes me sad. And I have both her vinyls. I have both Mother and Rose in the Dark on vinyl. Um... Eden, when he came over to my place, we played the Mother album. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cleo's album, I have two vinyl carriers. I have about, about 50 albums now. My collection's growing. Mm-hmm. We love to see it. And so Cleo's Rose in the Dark is actually the, the front of my vinyl carrier. So I was like, I want her at the front. And I'm looking at her like, did that disappoint you? Yeah, we spoke about this. And I don't, I don't think you're being fair to yourself. But I understand how you feel is how you feel. And, you know, your emotions are valid. But I just think when you say, did you fail Cleo's soul? I think she just wanted you to turn up authentically and enjoy the music in any way that you can. But you couldn't help the fact you were tired, man. Like, that's just how you were feeling in the moment. Like, sometimes we're tired and that's okay. Like, that um, day I was so exhausted and that's why I'm going to say it once again and with the fullest of chest. Like, I'm going to say it with Jennifer Hudson loudness, abolish the office. Yeah. I'm going to say it with Patti LaBelle, Andre Crouch Power, abolish <laughs> the office. Yeah. Abolish the office. 
because I did not need to be that tired that day. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted. I was so done mm-hmm. that I had to go trek back to Camden, go have a quick dinner with Eden Mackenzie Goddard, with that waitress who wasn't on job, and then go to the show and rush the show. We didn't even really get to find the place we really wanted to be at. Like we had, we had a good view, but I know it wasn't exactly where we would have liked to have been. We wanted to have mm-hmm. more time to really find a good spot. But also, I, just, I literally felt my legs giving way yeah. during the show. And I was like, damn, I am done. Yeah. And here's I... this beautiful spirit, beautiful musician, these great musicians, these great singers in front of me. And I'm like, damn, am I really enjoying this as much as I should? Mm. And I know I did. Because I look back at the videos I took and I'm like, yeah. When Sunshine came on, I was doing praise and worship. Mm-hmm. When Joe Let Go came to your head, I was in the moment. When, when I'm Your Arms came on, I got my life. When she did mm-hmm. shine. When, Chron- when Chronics came out, I was like, yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. When Little Sims came out, I was hyped. But then I kind of went home and I was like, damn. That luster I felt, that high I felt, that magic I felt was immediately gone. So I was like, damn, capitalism starts tomorrow. Gotta get up, gotta write this article, gotta play on the podcast, gotta do this, gotta do that, gotta do that. But then ironically, inspired me feeling all those ways, who have I been turning to since Clear Soul? Mm-hmm. These last few days, I've been, I've been playing her more. One because I'm of the show, but also the way I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, didn't like I said, don't know why I'm doing marriage obliged, sharing my world. Don't know who I've become. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, those songs have just been like they've been a push, the push that I need mm-hmm. to keep going. They've really been, and that's why don't let go to head especially. Take control of your life, take control of your mind. Those lyrics especially are just... <sighs> ah. Bro, it is a process. Honestly, it's a process. But yeah, that's our clear soul review. Well, I have guys. one complaint because I just need to... I have one complaint. White people at concerts. Uh-oh. I need to I need to have a word of you. Uh-oh. Because here's the thing, right? What does Sue do? <laughs> here's the thing. So I know if I wanted to, I could, you know barge through the crowd like i could walk through the crowd and get to a good spot in front of someone who maybe can't barge me back but what i kept seeing and it was mainly from white people and it was irritating me was people just coming like next to me for example there was a a a free space where there was like maybe a black guy and his i think she was mixed race or white partner or something along those lines and there was just this blonde like three blonde people that just kept literally walking through the crowd and stepping in front of people's view. And I was having a conversation with someone today and I'm just like, for people who are like under maybe five, 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 six, or maybe shorter going to concerts, like it may not be the most fun experience for people that are just slightly inconsiderate because if you literally switch positions with the person who's shorter than you, the view will probably be the same, but what I was seeing was people literally just walking in front of people, like barging through crowds. And I was just like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? Um, and I just didn't like it. I just didn't feel like it, it was necessary. Um, and I just kept seeing loads of mainly white people doing it. I'm going to be honest. It was mainly white people that I was seeing doing it. It was this kind of, um, what's the word? Um, you know, when you feel like you deserve something, um, entitlement. It was like this in, in, entitlement energy that I just kept feeling when they were walking through. So, yeah, I just I just wanted to call that out because I didn't really like it when I saw it, to be honest. I just thought it was a bit unfair to people who came to enjoy the show. And one thing I appreciated 
is um, I was standing next to, like I said, that couple and um, the white blonde lady came in front of the, the, the girl in the relationship and her boyfriend actually tapped her and said, excuse me, can you like move out of the way? Cause you've literally stepped in our view of vision and she can't see. And I think it's just important to do that. When, if you're going to a festival, someone who's maybe shorter than you or like you see that happen with someone who you don't even know, maybe, for example, and you just say, are they in your way? And just maybe communicate. Could you move out the way because this person can't see? There is this le this level of entitlement. You all paid the same price for the ticket. This person is in front of you at the moment. Let let's try and enjoy the show. Let's try and make it so everyone can enjoy the show. Um, but I just wanted to kind of get that off my chest because I didn't like it when I saw it. Um, but yeah, that's Clear Soul in a nutshell. I didn't mean to end it on a downer. Um, I mean, I, my section was basically a downer as well. I mean, yeah. Overall, overall, from me, this is coming from me, I will say every time that I think about the concert, I do think happy thoughts. And Chope is entitled to feel how he feels. That is still valid and, you know, we can prioritise that as Chope's emotions. Um, but for me personally, when I think about what I experienced in the moment of that concert, it was just pure bliss. It was just like, wow, I'm really here right now experiencing this moment after listening to this album and leaning on it during like really turbulent times as well, um, being in this moment with like loads of men and women who like obviously are healing from something as well, was just really beautiful. And I saw loads of tweets talking about the fact that people loved how black men were singing so comfortably mm. at the concert mm. as well. And yes. I was one of them, keep it yes. 100. I yes. was enjoying, like me and Chope singing along, just vibing to be fair Chopin and I didn't even talk that much like we kind of talked in between songs but we were mainly just focused on the performance and um thank you for saying that because it, it lets me know that okay I did enjoy myself there no you did well I I can't tell you that you did but I can tell you that you were singing along you were dancing you were um engaged with what was going on obviously you noticed some things like the band missing certain cues and you know um you noticed some things but from what I saw, you did enjoy the show, but you had your gripes with it and you were tired as well. And, you know, we wanted to kind of get, well, you wanted to get a drink in the beginning and that was a mission. I think they had like three people on the bar or something like that for like all those people. So, yeah, it was it was great. And if you missed it, guys, like we know it's awful. Um, so many comments and people talking about the show and everything. Hopefully she does another show at some I point. Mean, we don't a, know. It's gonna be a long time before that. Yeah, we don't know. But it was amazing. And hopefully our recap has kind of let you in on some things. We have some videos on our Twitter feed. Um if you want to check them out at DATSPOD, just go to photos and videos and check it out. Um but yeah, we've spoken about this for almost an hour now. <laughs> so and if by any chance Clear was listening, I apologize for failing. Oh my god. Okay, Chopper, you didn't fail her. You went you came there authentically. You felt how you felt and that's fine. Yeah, that, you're valid in those feelings. But what we're going to do is we're going to... Oh, wait, hold on. We haven't even said Nick's not here. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. But Nick isn't here today. Um, Nick's currently on holiday, um, in relaxing in Madrid. Um, last time he spoke, he was enjoying some kind of pasta in uh, Madrid. So he's enjoying himself. And we're glad he's getting to relax because, you know, we've each individually spoken about how tired we are and how, you know, life is really lifing at the moment. So... Nick, if you're listening, we hope you continue to enjoy. Chope is going away next week, so he's going to enjoy. And obviously, you know, end of the season, 
we'll get an opportunity to kind of get our energy back and figure out how we're going to come back. But since we're still on the show and it is still the final episode, let's just go straight into the listening section. So let's go. So, my, um, there's not really a structure to mine, but, Mm -hmm. um, I did go to Costa Track last Sunday and Mm. I had a phenomenal, beautiful time. Shout out to people I was with, you know who you are. Um, it was great. It was such a a great lineup, too good of a lineup to the point where I missed certain people because someone else that was great was also on at the same time, but, you know, I was blessed to see the likes of legends like Roy Ayers and Patrice Russian and also see Maribel and also see um, Joyce Rice I got to see Karangabin and I got to see some great DJ sets um, I got to see Channel One Sound System so, um, it was just great 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 vibes and it's like I knew from last year I didn't go last year but I was like wait why wasn't I here? I don't know why but I know why I wasn't there I was like we the next year it's just it's, this is me with me it's just for the people who love the newer soul jazz funk hip-hop guys as well as the older ones too it's perfect did she get the best of both um and it was yeah it was incredible such incredible performances and they've kind of informed my listens this week so um i think Eden and i've spoken before about how much we both love karangabin Yep, and I'm annoyed I missed them. They, yeah, so they closed. They were the headliners. They closed, and it was raining, but it didn't matter. Like they were just, ah, oh, just the, the epitome, of musical excellence. They're amazing. Man. They were in no, and I know that. But hearing it live, Eden McKenzie yeah. Goddard, hearing it live, incredible. Did, did so, they? Pay, did, did they play um Father Bird, Mother Bird? They sure did. Oh, they, that's, they I did. didn't need to hear. Why did I ask the question, man? <laughs> They did most of that album. They did most of that oh. album. They, also did, they did a bunch of covers as well. And it was banging. They were inc- uh, just insane. Like, I was just so in awe of the gift that they all have. And I'm just like, the way we I was in a trance watching them. I, d- I missed the first half an hour because Joyce Rice was on at the same time. And like, with festivals, you've got to make sure you get the best of everyone. So I missed the first half an hour to see Joyce Rice, my girl, who also killed it. Incredible incredible performance just like i'm just so excited for her where she's gonna go my second time seeing her i was like great she was so dope and shout out to shopper who wrote a piece interviewing her just to say yes if you didn't know it's been for dummy last year you can check that out um we had a great conversation yeah so seeing her seeing karangabin but then also obviously you know i'm respecting legends seeing roy ayers my lord and I was so worried because, you know, black people, me and my friends were a bit, you know, it happens. Um, but we stayed above the fray, as Mariah mm. was. And, but thankfully, Roy Ayers was late. <laughs> thankfully, he was late. So we got there, but my guy is 82 years old and fucking killed it. <laughs> <laughs> my, no, he is just, I just, no word. He did one of the most sickest keyboard solos I've ever seen in my life. My guy was going off for like 11 minutes, just killing it. Mm-hmm. 
and his band were amazing. And just also just hearing these classics searching. Everyone loves the sunshine, red, black, and green. Um, uh, 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 running away, which is a tune. <laughs> I love when Shofe loves music. I, I just and love then it. I actually was a bit upset that he was on that early because I, I definitely enjoy it, but someone like him should have been on later in the day when I'm a bit more, a bit more lit and a bit more. I know I was already in the the vibe. And then seeing Patrice Russian again, I got to see, so I see her, saw her twice in one week. And just her too, just a, a consummate talent. Because mm. she's, what, 67 years old. It doesn't matter. When you have talent, it never fades. Just singing her ass off, playing that piano. Incredible, incredible band. Because if you didn't know, Patrice Russian used to be a band leader, a jazz band. And it shows. Mm. It shows. I didn't know that. And it shows in the performance it shows that she's clearly behind the scenes directing them and like play like this play like that and it shows and just hearing the classics remind me forget me not to each his own number one hey guys if you've not heard number one by patrice russian 1982 from straight from the heart album what are you doing with your life a just a jazz funk house Beautiful. Oh, and hearing that live it was the first song. Me and my friend were just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. So, and um, yeah, just everyone else I saw. And shout out to this guy called the Mighty Zaff. Because um, there were two DJ sets that I was looking forward to seeing. I'm not going to say their names um, because they're both quite reputable. And what the, the latter one actually did kill it at the end, but the beginning of her set was not, was not it wasn't the vibe. Mm. I'm not going to say it. Eden knows what I'm talking about. I suppose mm-hmm. But so me and my friend were looking, my friends were looking for a good DJ set. Because like, we want to see the performances, but we want to see some good DJ sets too. And Channel One Sound System, they killed it. Just playing like an hour of lovers rock and reggae. It was, ugh. And just having these two old Jamaican men just being so raw and fresh. And I lived. I lived. Just being their authentic self. I was like, yes. 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 They were incredible. I only caught like 20 minutes of their set because they were on at the same time as someone else, but they were amazing. All the time I saw them, but also the guy that my highlight of the DJ set and the sound systems was this guy called the Mighty Zaff. So shout out to my friend. We were walking around and he heard some disco music in, in the distance. <laughs> he was mm. like, shop here, shop here. I hear disco. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, this person and like, I, he's like my musical soulmate. Like, that's our thing. Like, when it comes to like uncle and auntie music, like, that's, that's our thing. So we ran to this tent, and this guy called Mighty Zaff was just playing an hour and a half of the greatest funk and disco that I've ever heard in my life. And I didn't know most of these songs, but it didn't matter because they were all bang. Mm. All, it was, no, he was phenomenal. So if you guys have ever heard of him, check him out. The Mighty Zaff. I followed. I made sure to find him on Instagram because I'm like, I'm definitely gonna go to more of your nights. I need to uplift <laughs> you because you are fucking amazing. Yeah. He was absolutely ridiculous. We don't shout about DJs enough, to be honest. There's so many great DJs out there. So many. Yeah. Who it's are a just real who, skill. It's honestly. You know, do you know how really deep what it is? It's empathy. Like I was thinking about it. Um, I was just randomly thinking about it one day, and the the way you can just kind of read a room. You must be a really empathetic person to be able to sit there behind the dj deck and know what the room needs 
Like you're able to read the room and say, okay, in this moment. Some that that festival didn't read the room. I won't say the names, but two <laughs> people that were there weren't reading the room. But I'm sure because they've gotten so far in their career, they must do it on a and like the majority of the times they play. But just like DJing in general, I just think of it like it's a lot of empathy. Like in the moment you go there and you know what people need. And when you play a song and it doesn't slap, okay, cool. Let me switch it up and play this song instead. Let's see what reaction that gets. You got to think, like, I was just thinking about it like that. And it's a, it's a real skill. It is. And that's what it's I'm saying. It's a real skill to have. And I would say again, like me and my friend, like we, we prize ourselves on being like funk, disco, aficionados. And most of these songs, neither of us ever had ever heard. But mm. we were in it regardless. Mm. We were vibing. We were dancing our hearts out for like a good hour and a half before Karanga Ben and Joyce Rice. And he was incredible and absolutely in- so shout out to him. Um, and yes, and I went and Googled him and I was going to some great artists called Leroy Burgess, Donna McGee, who I've listened to earlier today, a disco artist from 1970. He only released one album, but I- it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And that's my listen. So it's across the tracks review slash listen section. I was so this whole week I've just been in Roy Ayers, Patrice Russian, uh, Gwen Guthrie, Lira Burgess, Karanga Bin, Joyce Rice, the whole lineup basically. Sean Oh my god, Sean Cootie, who I spoke about like two weeks ago, I believe. He was amazing. Late, of course, Nigerian. Um mm. but he was amazing. And considering I never got to see Fellow Cootie live, because he obviously I was too young for that. But seeing his son and seeing his band, seeing his singers, give me some of that energy that I know that those who would have been for a fellow concert back in the day, seeing that, especially mm. as a Nigerian man, seeing real Afrobeat, I lived. Yeah, but no, that is, that is my listen slash cross the track review. Either Mackenzie Goddard, do your thing. Yeah, sure. So um, obviously we just dropped the Kendrick episode. Um, where we spoke about Auntie Diaries and um, just Kendrick as an artist overall. So what I did, um, and this will lead into my lessons, is I went back to an episode we recorded with Marcus J. Moore, who authored the book The Butterfly Effect. And um, I was listening to the episode to see if there was anything that I could use um, in the episode, like maybe a conversation that had been ha- that they had, Nick and Shoppe, because I wasn't on that episode, um, and put it in the production. But I was listening to the listens, that Marcus J. Moore was giving because he had a really great kind of palette for like jazz music specifically or like jazz rap or um, really eccentric type of rappers. And one of the rappers that he recommended was an artist called Pink Sifu. So just to kind of give you a background on who Pink Sifu is. um, So he basically makes a lot of like jazz, soul, like rap um music but there's loads of like jazz influenced beats on his music as well and you can tell by the way that he kind of produces the songs it it's made to kind of run um like run into each other like track by track but it it flows very effortless effortlessly as well which is why i think it was mentioned on the kind of kendrick episode with marcus j moore because um i can see there's an influence there. Maybe Kendrick is influenced by Pink Sifu or Pink Sifu is influenced by Kendrick Lamar. Um, but the way they kind of structure their albums, there's a similarity um, in the way that there's like switch ups on tracks. And then there's kind of like a leading into like maybe a softer song before switching into like a just straight lyrical content song straight afterwards. Um, so I was listening to his album called 
it is gumbo with a um uh what's the punctuation exclamation mark and a um i can't remember what the symbol is but yeah gumbo so it was a really good album i really enjoyed it it is about 28 songs long an hour and 32 minutes in playtime it doesn't have any kind of big names on it which i kind of enjoyed because i wanted to break away from that um just for a bit because i was just kind of listening to kendrick back to back for a long time so um breaking away from that and listening to gumbo was really good i would say in terms of tracks that i enjoyed there's a song the very first track is called gumbo for the folks hold on and um it's that song in particular is quite like not as like in your face rap and then it goes into wayne brothers so the actual wayne brothers um it goes into that song and that's just rap straight in your face and i like the way it's ordered like you kind of you're able to relax listening to like the jazz type of beats and it just goes straight into rap straight afterwards and then it goes into like another soft type of beat and then straight into rap again um so there's gumbo there's wayne brothers there's fuck you mean slash hold me down there's bussin um for show these are just songs that i've saved to my spotify from the 28 songs that i listen to and living proof um but overall it's a really good album if you like kendrick if you like jazz hop you'll definitely love pink sifu and it's spelled pink and an s-i-i-f-u so i would definitely check it out if you're looking for some new rap music that isn't really being spoken about right now and just something fresh um i felt like it was just like a nice palate cleanser after listening to um like a lot of mainstream stuff so check it out if you can it's a really good album um next i'm going to go on to aaron ray just very quickly mm. so aaron ray dropped his sophomore album and it is called hello poison it dropped on june 3rd and um it has 15 songs in total so aaron ray is an artist that you know was original on x factor um, didn't get too far on it but was able to rebrand and come back again as a contemporary r&b artist and you know he's doing really well he released his album platinum fire which has some great it's, songs on there fire. <laughs> and i actually have a memory from that you know i actually have a memory from that i remember shopee and i shopee nick and i were in the car um leaving my cousin's studio and i think either nick or shopee said just play something in the car and i played um what's it called What's the song called? Um, you Don't Know Me? Is that what it's called? We Ain't Homies. Um, yeah, We Ain't Homies. That's it. So I played We Ain't Homies and Shopper was like, there are better songs on the album than this. <laughs> like, <laughs> play something else. <laughs> I do love that song though, but yeah. it's true. Yeah, there are better songs in there. You're right. But Hello Poison is, you know, Aaron Ray coming back with a completely new style. You can definitely tell he's improved. He's got some influences. There's a lot more interludes on here um or at least kind of sections of the song that are a bit more playful i like little things on this album like the effect he had with like phone calls and stuff like that but in terms of songs and features he's got childish major on here he's got d smoke terrace martin um van jess rose gold ari lennox blast like this is like a list of mainly the new school i'm not and gonna brandy call blast r&b background on one of the songs brandy Yes. What song is that? Let me get the track listing up. But I saw it on Twitter before I heard the album that Brandy. So Brandy wrote one of the songs and he's singing background on one of them. What connection does he have to Brandy? How did he get? How did he manage to do that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But he, I can't remember what song it is. Um, I believe it's. Um, I can't remember which one it is right now. Go ahead. But I saw it on Twitter. People were talking about it. 
Brandy wrote one of the songs and she's singing background on one of the songs. How you get Brandy and she didn't feature herself? Now you gotta respect that. That's that's being humble. I respect that. I respect that. Wait, I'm trying to see if it's the one that I just clicked. No, it's not. Um, but yeah, it's a great album. I enjoyed it. I was pleasantly surprised by what I heard. Um, it's nothing like Platinum Fire in my opinion. Um, I enjoyed Gold. I enjoyed Freak. I enjoyed Hideout, Dead Players, Testimony, and Lovely. Oh, also Mr. Frustration, mm. Miss Frustration mm. with Van Jess as well. Mm. All of those songs were like mm. really up, like in my bag. I loved them. Um, my favorite is probably Hideout out of all of them. I love Hideout and kind of the energy that song, song gives me as well. But I'm really intrigued to see where his career goes as a like R&B artist because we're we're definitely seeing a resurgence in like male R&B artists at the moment with like Lucky Day for example and Giveon and um, Pink Sweat and you know Brent Fires. Yes, I said Brent Fires and you know Khalid. Uh, <laughs> Also, let's say some other ones who were actually good. Marco McInnes, <laughs> Luke James, who I will He hasn't released anything in a while, though, to be fair. But we can still say him. Yeah. Um, Luke James, Marco McInnes, uh, Folix, Adam Ness. Uh, who else do I really like? Uh, Xavier Omar. Yeah. Um, there's some really great males just making banging, banging music right now. Serpent with Feet. Um, yeah. Really, yeah. really, really. Samo, some really great male R&B artists. Oh, you man. love Samo. Yeah, yeah, Samo is my guy. Samo is my guy. Guys, don't know, get to know. Yeah. Samo is one of the best we have right now. That's yeah. The um, music is great and that nigga sing! <laughs> sing! All right, I'm going to go through this quickly so we can get to news because we have quite a few to like get through. All right, so very quickly, um, what else oh, I Dixon, listened to? Oh, Dixon, sorry, one more. Dixon, he's another one. Check him out. One of the best male R&B artists we have right now, Dixon, dope as fuck. Cool. Um, all right, so just quickly, there's Sergio, so spelled S-I-E-R-G-I-O. He released a project called Before It's Too Late, R&B Artists. Listen to Complicated or You. I will say 070 Shake um, released a new project recently. This is Kehlani's partner, um, although she, um, and when I say she, I mean 070 Shake released music before she was, you know, in a relationship with Kehlani. Um I love, you know, Guilty Conscience, which came out a few years ago. I think it was two years ago, maybe. I also love Skin and Bones, and I'm starting to enjoy Web as well. But she released a project that, you know, if you're into her music, which is kind of like trap. I don't know how to describe her. She's like a, a trap singer. You know what I mean? Like melodic singer in a way. Um, check out her music. Um, Raven Lene, I loved that project. I love Mercury. Mercury is so good. 3D is good. MIA is good. Um, Inside Out is a banger. Um, what else? Just very quickly whilst I'm looking at my list. Loads of R&B songs I've been listening to. There is an artist called Ra Haven. So R-A, well, Heaven. R-A and then Heaven afterwards. The, the project is called Throat Game Throat, Throat Game Stupid. Um, so check out that album if you can. It's got loads of like really fun songs on there as well. She's a she's Eritrean as well for anyone like Eritrean singers, well, Eritrean listeners out there, sorry. And a song that's been there for me a lot recently is a song called Loving Me by Janine. Um, and I love the way that it's written because she's basically saying affirmations to someone and then she kind of confesses this someone is herself. And I just love the way that it's like, she said it's really easier to say this when it's 
it feels like I'm saying it to someone else, but it's really what I want to say. I, I, I love myself. And I just think it's a really important message for anyone who's kind of um, trying to work on maybe self-esteem or just like loving themselves better. So Janine, Loving Me is a song that I'd recommend. I can't say all of the songs that I recommended in that section. So just go back if you can. <laughs> I'm just going to say there were quite a few. Um, but yeah, those are my listens for the week. Cool. We will go straight into the new section. Cool. All right. So news. So I was very conscious of the fact that we didn't speak about this. Um, and on different episodes throughout the season, I kind of wanted to bring it up. But, you know, with our weeks and everything that was going on, it just it just wasn't possible to. And um, when Jamal Edwards passed, this is what I'm talking about. I don't believe we were on season at the time. And feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I just don't, I don't think we were on season. Um, but I, it is something that was on my mind quite a lot. And I could be wrong about that, by the way. This is me just going from my memory. I, I can't remember if we were. We weren't recording at the time. <clears throat> okay, that's good. I, I remember I did want to talk about it and talk about his impact, but also just how much of like a sad, like how sad it is and how sad it was to hear as well. Um, You've got someone who was so pivotal to just the music scene in the UK, changed the face of like music in the UK, also influenced so many people from, you know, the millennial generation, Gen Z generation, and then because of his influence, the boomer generation as well, changing their mindset. And, you know, he passed surprisingly from um, heart complications in what month was it? Let me just double check. I've only got the in february yeah in february and you know everyone was really heartbroken about it and then his mother brenda edwards so actually let me give you some background on who he is because we've spoken about sbtv earlier but let's just kind of give you some background on who jamal edwards is so who is jamal edwards so jamal edwards started sbtv he was like fairly young he was born in 1990 and he's originally from luton and his mother brendan Brenda Edwards, apologies, um, was on X Factor, but also she's now on a TV show in the UK called Loose Women. Um, and, you know, he started SBTV as an opportunity to really display the talent in the UK, to let people know that there were people in different areas around the UK that had voices and um, needed to be shown. And it was called SBTV because he went by the moniker Smokey Bars originally and it became Smokey Bars TV. And he was working at Top Man and making videos. And those videos started to garner like thousands of views with the likes of Ed Sheeran, Jesse J, Cleo Soul, um, Wretch32. Like any UK rapper or singer has either been on SBTV or an SBTV event. And it became this massive force in the industry. Like SBTV had a TV show on like, I mean, it was for a short period of time, but it was on TV at one point. And so many people can kind of um, point back to SBTV TV as the introduction to some of their favorite artists. Um, like even some of them that maybe don't even make music as much anymore, like Loki, for example, um, or like, for example, um, Mike Righteous, who still makes music, but isn't as big as he used to be. Um, but Stormzy's been on there, Ed Sheeran, Dave, Emily Sunday, Rita Ora, Krebs mm. and Conan, Youngin, mm -hmm. Nines, Tori Kelly, Bugsy Malone. But even Mist. beyond that, 
even beyond that, at the height of popularity, it was getting A-listers coming on their show to do during their promo runs. Like, so mm-hmm. the likes of Kelly Rowland would come on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, who else can I think of? The likes of, like, Mario would come on the show. People who were already established when they would come to the UK, they'd make this previous part of their promo run. I was going to mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. Yeah. He was... He, he changed so much. And he passed. So... In February 2022, at the age of 31, he passed of a cardiac arrhythmia. And it was revealed in a Twitter post by his mother, Brenda Edwards, that he passed as a result of, you know, recreational drugs found in his system. So I'm going to read an excerpt of that post that she put out there. So she said, since I last spoke, I've sadly learned that the cause of Jamal's devastating passing was due to a cardiac arrhythmia caused by having taken recreational drugs. And I wanted to address this myself to everyone who loved, admired and respected my son. And she kind of I'm going to kind of um, caption this because it's a whole document and with different paragraphs in it. But she talks about the reason she's bringing this up is because she couldn't she, she wanted to make sure that anyone in future who was thinking about recreational drugs understood the risks that come with that as well. Like it can just take one bad trip or one bad um, just time of like taking it for example whatever it is because recreational drugs is an umbrella term for so many variants of you know drugs like um mushrooms like weed cocaine um, even alcohol in some instances is contained a, a recreational drug for example um when used in excess can cause a lot of damage to our bodies and she just really wanted to speak about how you know jamal f- fell victim to recreational drug use and that was the reason for his cardiac arrhythmia and you know there's been some mixed reviews i've been seeing some conversations online but the majority of the comments i've seen are speaking on how brave she is brenda willie brenda edwards for example for you know really speaking about this openly because if you really think about it, she didn't have to but i imagine part of this was the fact that you know the media would probably pick up on it and just tell it themselves so Shopee, like when you heard that news, how did you feel and what were you thinking? Um I mean, at this point, I guess um it just still is kind of like a shock to me that he's actually gone. That's one thing. Like, even now I'm like, damn, like he really passed away. He really died. I kind of I also I didn't necessarily need to know why mm. he died i was like i kind of had already kind of like you know made peace with it but um i was actually a bit um surprised at how open she was talking about that because she could have just said cardiac arrhythmia she could have just left it there but the fact that she's made a point to say recreational drugs um and i was definitely like oh that could be a bit risky because people are gonna you know impart and levy on their opinions and their judgments and their you know justifications all these kind of things but you know i do think ultimately it was a good thing because you know a lot of people do take a recreational drugs and obviously you shouldn't specify which one he took but there are mm-hmm. a lot of people especially in our age range that are taking them you know when they go out and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. you know i do think it is it was good for her to you know make that point and make it clear that you know yes you know you can have fun whatever but like you said just take that one time that one especially especially when in this country and i'm not i'm not an expert on these things but you know 
a lot of these drugs aren't legal. So, and mm. which means they're not regulated, which means, like, even if you are going to, like, do these kind of things, you may be from the time, you don't know where they're coming from or what's being spliced to them or what's being put in them. As opposed to other countries, like, for example, like, weed. Like, no, weed is legal in many parts of the states now where you would imagine it's, I guess, getting good stuff there, like, like stuff that is safe there. Mm. Whereas, obviously, if you get weed over here, like, you don't actually know exactly what's in it, what you're taking, mm. all those kind of things, let alone things like, you know, cocaine and LSD and all those other things. And, you know, unfortunately, this, you know, contributed to his death. So, yeah. Um, but I, I, I do, I think it was good that she said so. I think it was, she needed to say it. And I think that hopefully more people like our generation can really, like, you know, take that story, take that example, realize, you know, we have to be way, way more careful. If we're going to be engaging in such practices, we really, really, really need to be careful and just think more. And also just understand the risk. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what she said, just to be clear, was it's so important that we help drive more conversation about the unpredictability of recreational drugs and the impact that they can have, how it takes just one bad reaction to destroy lives. I'll do anything to have my son back, but that is just not possible. So if I can help save one life, then we will have achieved something. And like, so just sitting here thinking about it, like there used to be this fallacy that I would say a fair amount of black people used to believe that black people just don't take certain drugs. Like, huh. um, you know, you'd go to an event and you, you'd kind of maybe see someone taking something. And the response I would have, because I was part of that group, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not going to pretend for anyone, I'd be like, wait, we're black, we don't do that. Like, we don't take those drugs. Like, what's going on? But that's just my ignorance. And that's something I can admit to. Um, but, you know, we do. That is just part of you know existing as a human being some people take drugs some people don't take drugs um i will say that recreational drugs it's very hard to really judge them because people take them for different reasons and you know um when it comes to like coke and all of those other drugs they're very dangerous on the body and but at the same time i can't i, I don't think it's fair to judge people um i don't think that's the answer to it um, and that's not to say I haven't been judgmental in the past. I 100% have. Um, and it's something I've had to unlearn as time goes on. But when it came to Jamal Edwards, I can't lie. I was like, wow, really? I had no idea about that whatsoever. Like, that's just, I think when you think of people taking certain drugs, you just don't assume it would be certain people. And just by the way he carried himself, there was an assumption from myself and this is me admitting my ignorance by the way which i think is important to do because we're going to be ignorant on some things we're not going to know everything and that's fine um but i was just like wow okay so oh he was he was you know taking something because she didn't specify like shope said um but that didn't change anything for me it didn't change like the impact he's had on the uk everything that he's done who he was as a person and, you know, the light that he just clearly shone um, the lives he during his time. Yeah, just like it didn't change anything for me. It didn't make me think of him in any different way. Um, and I think it's important that we recognize that with people, they're not one dimensional. Like people come with multiple sides. People come with, you know, a dark side, a light side. No one is absolutely gonna be you know completely i don't want to use the word good because i don't believe in that but no one's gonna be 
necessarily perfect and we're perfectly imperfect as human beings so when I saw it I was shocked for a second but also then it took me a second to actually be like you know what it's his life and he lived his life in a way that he gave back to other people and it could have just been a moment of fun it could have been the very first time he took it we don't know and I felt like I had to um, let go of some judgment with regards to my immediate reaction to that being like oh so he was you know taking drugs I don't know we, we don't know if he was like taking drugs a lot we just know that on this instance it was found in his system and um, we don't know what it is exactly so in terms of Brenda Edwards sharing this news on Twitter and you know continuing to tell his story continuing to talk and how she feels and the grieving process courage isn't enough of a word to describe what she's doing at the moment like i i i I hate when people say i can't imagine because it feels like you know disassociation essentially like oh you're going through this thing it sounds horrible but i'm gonna kind of move away from it but honestly i can't imagine what she's going through and what her family's going through at the moment um having to deal with this so publicly but also dealing with his legacy as well and um you know i saw her on an interview i can't remember what radio show it was but she was talking about the fact that she sometimes is okay and sometimes she's not okay and that in itself is just you know it's it, it must be really really hard to have to continue on after losing your child and to the edwards family i said nothing but love and um, gratitude for you know just continuing to tell his story but also just being completely vulnerable of the fact that you guys are going through something at the moment um, and you didn't necessarily have to share this news so thank you for continuing to help our generation grow unlearn develop um, become aware conscious and speak on topics that you know really can cause us harm because this is from a mother who has lost a son who doesn't want to see more mothers lose their children. And that is a very selfless act that we need to really recognize. So Brenda Edwards, thank you so much for sharing that, honestly, because that's going to change someone's life. That's going to make a difference to someone. And it's just very important what you've done, honestly. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. Did you have anything to add, Shopee? I did not. I think you summarized it perfectly. Yeah, I feel very emotional, I can't lie. Like, um, you know when you kind of see someone just doing loads of great things? Like, you just see... Like, Jamal Edwards was someone that you just grew up and you just... You saw him as someone who was, like, part of the Mandem but was, like, navigating, hanging out with, like, Richard Branson and, and people like that. But it never seemed to, like, rub off on him. He never seemed to be, like... um lost in the fame he never seemed to like really actually be bothered by um how successful he was like i remember i saw him at an event once and he was just saying hello to people he was just like really engaging with people and just not caring um about keeping up face or anything along those lines he was just living in the moment and when you see people like that it's usually once in a lifetime and i can honestly say looking back Jamal Edwards influenced so many people through so many small things. It wasn't just SBTV, but just like the things he would say or like seeing him do the Olympics campaign or, um, you know, the people that he put in the forefront or conversations that he's had. 
honestly, to have that level of influence and still be who he was, no matter what comes out about him, you know, with like the recreational drugs usage in this situation or anything like that, as as people from the UK, as black British people from the UK, we should absolutely be grateful for his life because he has influenced us to the point of just complete bliss. We have Cleo Soul because of Jamal Edwards. We have loads of artists. Okay, let's credit Leanne Laavis, like, and all of these people that went on SBTV and are now doing incredible things. The music industry in the UK owes it to Jamal Edwards. And also the platforms course, you have, like, yeah, yeah. We, we wouldn't have Link Up TV or Brand well, Daily. Well, I don't know if that's fair, because I think Link Up TV started around the same time. I, th- I think it started around the same time. That's um, fair, but I, I will stand on my toes and say that SBTV is what kicks the door in for the yep. success that they would later have. Yep. Like it may have happened at the same time, but SBTV clearly blew the whistle off first. Yep. And, he, and it set the path for just a lot of people to kind of just have this DIY approach to making music, but also making their own platforms. Like even, like even can really trace Jamal's influence to a lot of, even shows like ours, you know? Mm-hmm. Like not oh, 100%. The, the whole ethos of not waiting for um, this white 70-year-old man in Kensington to give you an opportunity. Yeah, like you know, you have the internet, you have a camera, you have a microphone, you can do it too. Yeah, and De- so definitely. yeah, it traces so many things, so many, so many things. Like artists, different other platforms, other websites, um, podcasting, even just like you know, just critiquing and documenting music online, especially for accent like in the British culture, the Black mm-hmm. British culture. So no, his influence is insurmountable it's yep extremely extremely vast and for the us listeners who may not be so aware of him please do your googles and like a lot of a lot of our infrastructures that are still not the best but we wouldn't have the likes of you know stormzy reaching these ceilings or daves or little simses if it wasn't people like Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm 100 percent. so yeah this is just a message from dats whoever it gets to Edward's family, thank you for everything you're doing at the moment. And Jamal will definitely be missed 100%. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on that very quickly and just make sure we said it before the end of the season. Um, yeah, sad. Very, very sad. Um, should we move on to the next topic? Yes, indeed. So, we are now going to move on, um, well, I guess to a lighter topic. But, so, Leonard Sex. So, the BT Awards will be taking place um, at the end of the month, and they released their nominations last week, um, and Lil Nas X was nowhere to be found, and Lil Nas X is not happy about that. And so initially he just did some sarcastic tweets saying, thank you for zero nominations, black excellence, but now he's gone to the length of now teasing a diss track. Um, called Fuck BT featuring Young Boy Never Broke Again, which I'm just like, wow, what kind of name is that? But that's not my business. Have you never heard of him before? I have, but I'm just like, oh. okay, what a name. <laughs> but um, so yeah, he did, and so and then causing BT to actually release a statement, um, and they said, and I quote, "We love Lil Nas X. He was nominated for Best New Artist in 2020. 
from Farley Showcase is extraordinary talent on the create and creative team show twice. Unfortunately this year he was not nominated by BT Voting Academy, which is comprised of an esteemed group of nearly five hundred professionals in the fields of music, television, film, blah 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 blah. No one from BT serves as a member of the Academy. As BT we are passionate advocates for the wonderful diversity that exists within our community. We are committed to using all our platforms to provide visibility and inclusion for the many intersections of the black community. So that's the thing. So Lonsex is not happy and there's definitely been a conversation brewing online about how and why this is possible. There's obviously allegations of homophobia, which I definitely agree with. But then there's also even beyond all that, Lonsex has had he was one of the biggest artists. Of last year, two of the biggest songs of last year, how the BT Awards of all award shows. Like he didn't get anything, even one. He got nothing. Like mm. no nominations at all. That's very sketchy. So there are conversations, and like you know, as much as like you know, he's making all these jokes and stuff. There are some things he are he is saying some insightful things. Like he mentioned, like how how can he be nominated for Grammys, but he can't be acknowledged by the show that's to him for black people. Like, how could you not be managed by them? And then someone mentioned how Tyler and Frank have been away, but, but then he made the point about Tyler and Frank do, quote-unquote, less feminine things than him or less overtly sexual things than him, which is definitely... Once again, he's, like, he's making some salient points. I can't lie. Like, we can take, take away the, the veil of his humour and his self-deprecation. Like, he's making some very valid points. But before I get into all that, Eden McKenzie, what are your thoughts? Um, I like Lil Nas X, you know. I won't say that I listen to his music as much as, um, say, Shopee or Nick, for example, who's spoken about him quite a lot on this show. But I like his energy. I like the the fact that um, he is what I like to call, like, a, a, a really educated troll. Like, you know, and when I say troll, I mean he knows how to basically flip loads of the stereotypes, but also... Um, people's opinions back on them and i think that's probably his experience in stantwear and um you know engaging with being a, a, a what are they called again barbs yeah that's it with the barbs and stuff like that but you know him giving satan a lap dance for example or making a shoe that had like blood in it and stuff is definitely something that um really taps into the kind of poking the nerve of america you know and their their christian ideals so I just love the fact that he's always been fairly open in how he feels and he kind of makes fun of the fact that people want to really hold on to these homophobic <clears throat> values and beliefs. Like, you know, when people told told him to go to hell and he literally went to hell and, um, you know, with this BET situation, for example, he's really just saying this situation is much bigger than we're actually allowing... Um, we're actually having a conversation about like it may just feel like a snub to some people but it's much deeper than that and he has his reasons for that and you know the comments that Chopin made about um I think it's visibility it's more so about um being visibly um you know not heterosexual or being visible visibly queer for example versus you know um being more I don't know what the right phrase or the right word is for it but what he basically described Frank Ocean as... Did you say feminine, Chopin? Yeah. He so less Tyler feminine. And, he said Tyler and Frank are less feminine and less overtly sexual than he is. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely that kind of uncomfortability when it comes to 
um, seeing men act in feminine ways. And I'm doing kind of um, air quotes for people. Just let them know that I'm not directly saying that, but what people may engage with. Like, there's definitely that uncomfort. And I think that the black community is yet to really engage with any kind of images like that. Like, um, and the fact he's speaking up on it is just really important. I definitely think he's going to be seen as an icon for a lot of um, black queer rappers in the future because he's definitely made strides and he's changed the game, but also flipped hip hop on its head and opened the door for so many other black queer artists as well. So I just think it's great he's speaking up on this and, um, you know, just really making sure he's sticking to his guns. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. But do you agree that he should have been nominated for some awards? Beyond the whole him being a gay rapper, like in terms of obviously he's very successful, he's doing very well, and he's a black artist. So how could the BET Awards of all things? Yeah. Do you agree with that? Well, what awards was he saying he should have been nominated for? Which one was it? I think he's just talking, he got nothing, but I think he's saying, like, how could he not have any awards? <laughs> like, how could he not be nominated for anything? Yeah, so from whether, what I know. Whether that's Song of the Year, Video of the Year, Best Rap Song, whatever, I don't know. But best video yeah. those kind of things yeah i definitely think um from the way i see people engage with him like i said i have to admit to the fact that i don't engage with his music as much as shopping nick or anyone that um i've heard speak about him before but i know he's definitely had some moments and you know some songs that i do know just through osmosis so i do feel like as a result of that kind of virality he should be nominated for some things because He's definitely one of the bigger voices from the new Gen Z generation. Um, so the fact that he's not getting anything is definitely a shock. Yeah, definitely a shock, I would say. Mm. Um, but I, <laughs> I'm trying not to put my beliefs into this and just make it about him. But I genuinely don't care about BET. I'm going to keep it <laughs> 10 million percent. I genuinely don't care about BET. Like when, actually, let me not. No, go on. <laughs> <Let> me... <laughs> this is the last episode it's... of the season. Let's give. Well, when white TV. people took over BET, I was just like, oh, you know what? Let me just, oh, let me just. What's the word? Divest? No. Let me just not pay attention to this thing anymore. Oh no. Um, I'm probably gonna edit that out to be honest. But you know, um, yeah, I don't care about BET. Fair I enough. Don't care about that, BET. So. That, that's fine, but um, but yeah, no, it's like. Even my thing is, and I must make this clear, like even beyond the fact that I do think there is homophobia at play here, but I think even beyond him being a gay rapper and being so visibly gay, and I and I'm happy you said that because I agree with you. I think that regardless of what happens in the future, even if Lil Nas X flops for the rest of his days, he's already written in history. What mm-hmm. he's done for black queer men, the visibility he's had and the success he's had while being such like such a visibly black gay man, literally making out other black men on television and his videos that is groundbreaking i i have i never thought we would see a day where someone like him is actually prospering the way he like this guy's like three number one singles two grammys platinum album like and this is a gay black man like there's no ifs and maybes or all dl or not like no the nigga's gay Mm. and we know it (laughs) and Mm. i cannot believe the success he's having internationally i cannot believe it but even beyond all that beyond all that as Jay-Z said, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't lie. Mm. He's having and has had so much success in the last year. And as a black platform, celebrating the best of black music and culture, 
That's not an oversight. That's deliberate. Mm-hmm. You deliberate. That's a deliberate choice. You deliberately did not include him in mm-hmm. the nominations this year. And this is the first I've heard that they even have a voting academy. I did not know that. I know the Grammys do. I did not know BET had a voting academy. And then for them to say of their chest that no one from BT is actually in the academy was stupid. Because why, mm. why would you let us know that? Um, it just gives me more notice that so is everyone choosing this just Sally, Brendan, and Joe? Um, mm-hmm. I just yeah. So now I don't really care if this song is gonna do whatever, but I I kind of respect the energy and also I, I like the way he's been talking about it on Twitter too. I like the way he's talking about it because it's not uh, he's making a point. It's not necessarily about him being nominated for the award, but it's what it means. Mm. It's what it means, and like he said, like how can you nominate for Grammys and win Grammys? Like that's that's you know the benchmark for awards, but how can the one for us, him as a black man, how can he not get that? You know what mm. I mean? But mm-hmm. like I said, it's not an oversight; it's deliberate. And I honestly, I don't know what's going on in their heads, but I can't think of any other reason that it'd be homophobia. They don't wanna, they don't wanna support. And they want to be seen championing gay rapper. But then it's even more confusing because he has performed there twice in the past. Mm-hmm. And the last year's had has been the biggest year of his career. So I don't understand how he could be he could perform two years ago and last year, but now it's 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 cricket. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um and the BTX had to re- actually write a statement in response to all of that is very telling. But yeah, it's just it's just not a, it's just not a good look. And even on the on a side note. The fact that Normani's wild side wasn't nominated for anything either. I just don't know who's in the room. I just don't know what's wrong with it. Like, there were just certain things that I saw. And obviously, this is me, you, Nick, we've all discussed the stupidity of award shows. And, mm-hmm. But like, there were just certain things I see every year regardless. I'm like, but how are you missing this? Like, how? Mm-hmm. Like, so like, yeah, how is Lost not nominated? How is Normani not nominated? And I have my opinions on her career too, but are we not going to deny that wild side was a moment and that it was just a banging video? And how is it not nominated? Mm-hmm. But, you know, as we always say, we're divesting from award shows. But I am also on a very... I was actually going to bring this up, but I actually am just loving that. There is, over this past year, definitely this this last six months, but I'm loving the increasing discourse around blackness and queerness in our spaces. Mm -hmm. So as we're Mm -hmm. seeing with Isaiah Rashad, Leonard Sex, Tyler the Creator, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. loving these... Dorsey Santana, like, that one. I... Him, I, I can't believe he, he is actually out here like this. Like, mm. not, not only is he a black gay rapper, he is a, a super feminine black gay rapper, like, literally wearing heels mm-hmm. and makeup. And mm-hmm. this guy is on the cover of Paper Magazine, Rolling mm-hmm. Stone. Like, this guy is actually out. He's, doing, he's got a song of Lotto coming out. I'm like, respect. Yeah. Res- I respect it. I really respect it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And it is interesting just to see where things will go but but also this Lone Last Sex thing shows because he's obviously not only the the biggest gay black girl rapper he's also more than one of the biggest rappers period today and mm. the fact that he cannot get, cannot get acknowledgement from an award show says we have a lot of work to do still still have a lot of work mm. but um there's my point anything else you want to say Ida McKenzie got up before we move on to the final topic no I saw something on um is it Busy Being Black? There's a podcast called, I oh, think yes. it's Busy Being Black with John Rivers. Josh Rivers. Um, Josh Rivers, my apologies. And he posted a reel recently talking about how queerness is a form of revolution. And I just found that point he made really interesting. 
um and i i definitely just need to kind of investigate that a bit more because i'm quite intrigued and i feel like i understand what he means in that but i'm quite intrigued to see just what that means for like hip-hop for example because for the longest time hip-hop was like a hyper masculine form of expression right and the fact that we're now getting another truth which is you know um the queer expression of that i'm really intrigued to see where that goes because we're in an era of vulnerability right now we're talking about cleo soul for example or we're talking about um the likes of lucky day or um Sad you know, kendrick kendrick is talking about things now drake is talking about things j cole is you know j cole um <laughs> saba is talking about things um but now we're getting another side to a story and i'm quite intrigued to see where that goes we've got isaiah rashad who knows what his next album is going to be like and the things that he touches on there kid cuddy has been doing it for years yeah and tyler the creator like i'm just really intrigued to see where it goes and the conversations that happen as a result of that because there is there there is something to say about what the next stage of men in rap looks like because women are having their moment or like women are exceeding at the moment i don't want to call it a moment because that's kind of dismissive but women are having their their um success it's a golden age right now for women right now yeah it's the golden age in rap and you know men the way that we communicate with that like mainly female audience is going to have to change because they're fed up of hearing misogynistic lyrics and um you know loads of violent lyrics and they want to hear something new and this might just be the new things that they hear that's not to say there isn't a lane for you know heterosexual rappers or um, men that don't that want to talk about you know their feelings towards say women for example but it's saying that there's more of a lane to hear different voices and i'm quite excited to see what comes out of that but i know i'm being a hypocrite in saying that because i don't engage or i haven't engaged with little nas x's music as much as say everyone else has for example and maybe that's some internalized homophobia like we're in a very open podcast we admit the fact that we still got things to unlearn and um, grow and develop and you know um figure out why we feel a certain type of way towards something and be honest with ourselves um but it is a process and i do think that there's going to be one person like a very lyrical queer rapper like maybe tyler for example or someone that does come out that's going to blow everyone's mind and i'm quite i'm quite excited for that i'm quite excited to see what happens um so yeah that's well, kind even of we have those already though people like cakes the killer who he's i've a, never heard of that person who's he's that a, he's a black gay rapper and you know unfortunately he has not really had success he's deserving of for whatever reason i don't know what his trajectory is but that nigga rap what's his name takes the killer cakes he, he kind of makes very i I'm, I'm, i don't want to reduce him to this but he does make uh, he's, he's, he's very much like a child of azealia but i don't want to reduce him to that but that's what i get when i listen to him like it's very much like alternative house inspired rap music that kind of thing but also if you're a fan of like like Kelly 47 or baby mother you may like him too um people like that. Right, mickey, mickey blanco is another one um, i've just saved um killer essentials so yeah and don yeah. dada that's a tune yeah um, guys keep me accountable um next season just keep me accountable i want to explore my palette and see what i can listen to more um even this morning this is a slight side note and not to take away from the conversation but i'd never listened to the um little sims album i've never listened to it the new one that came out um just because when it came out i was in the space to kind of listen to it but hearing her perform at clear soul 
I was like, you know, I need to listen to this album. And I listened to it and I had I had a moment when I thought to myself, am I not listening to this because it's a woman rapping? I had to genuinely ask myself that question. Am I, is this like internalized misogyny? Because I'm so easy to go towards listening to the Kendrick album over and over again, but there's so much like women rappers out there that are currently making music that are just left un- unexplored. So, um, yeah, keep me accountable. I need to start listening to more women in rap. I need to listen to more queer rappers and just expand my kind of palette um, because there's a lot of great talent out there that's just not being listened to. So, yeah, I just wanted to end on that note. And this kind of is a nice segue into the last topic since we're discussing, I guess, the plurality and the diversity and the history of hip-hop music. So Mm -hmm. our last topic of the day and of the season is Rolling Stone who earlier this week put out a very polarizing list of their top 200 greatest hip-hop albums of all time. And ever since then, there's been a lot of controversy and debate and also questions about whether they are even worthy even talking about hip-hop music and things like that. But mainly because there are a bit like that because it's 200 albums, there's so many albums on there and Eden and I are going to try our best to Speak about this in a very uh concrete way but like, mm. one thing that i've definitely been seeing is people people aren't happy that cardi b is number 16. um people are very unhappy about future being in there it's crazy if i'm being passed if i'm speaking for myself um megan stallion's fever does not belong to on any list let alone this one <laughs> um and then also just and also just seeing like certain albums like which aren't even bad but like just just being put above others which are just so to me integral to the history and of the genre things like that like why am i seeing like for example the city girls or why am i seeing uh travis scott over day last soul you know things like no, that but can we talk about the fact that k9 is number 194 <laughs> no, I k9 i even forgot that one existed until i read the list Actually, you know what? I haven't listened to it. Let me say that. I haven't listened to it. That, Let me listen to it. And you know what? That's the thing. It's, it's, okay, let's get straight into it. So what I will say is, yes, I definitely read through this list and I was like rolling my eyes and like confused. But I will respect that there are some artists and some albums which definitely aren't spoken about enough that I appreciate they did that they did include. Like, yep, Crenshaw, Nipsey Hussle. I'm yeah, happy that's and then there. also seeing Little Brother in there. Like, they're such an underrated rap duo. And I'd like, shout out to them. Oh, this list. they put Little Sims on this. Yeah, Little Sims is in there. MIA's in that list, which I'm a bit like, I don't know why, but respect. Okay, you know, Britain. Um, then also, just also the fact that they are recognizing that there are there have been some, I don't want to say people talk this too early, but there have been some landmark albums in the last 10 years are deserving like the Sabbath's care for me is in this list too which i'm like which i think all three of us have spoken about as being such an incredible body of work. <sighs> we all love that album we all love Sabbath. and then also yeah the fact that there is that is that there's a wider representation of women in there and not just you know uh conscious women rap but like you know lil kim is in there miss is in there megan's in there i don't know why megan's there but you know respect doja cat is there little sims is there cupcake is in there You're like you know and then, yeah, like, you know, that I can't deny that there are some albums which I'm just like, you know, I saw them and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Mm. Oh, Flo Millie's in there. And you know what? I was a bit iffy about her because 
funnily enough, after our Kendrick episode, I went on a a random wave of listening to. I was really listening to a lot of rap music, which is strange to say because I do love rap music, but I guess Kendrick's really put me in it. So after that, we recorded the episode. I was playing a bunch of Flo Millie, a bunch of Denzel Curry, a bunch of Slow Tie, and a bunch of Eden's Gonna Scream, Trash Can Be No Camp. Um, <laughs> after you sent for that album. And I will admit, <laughs> it's better than I remember. But it's not his best album. Yeah, no, no, I will say it's not his best album. After you released a few more projects, yeah. it's not. That's what, that's because what the internet's was. definitely better than that. And yeah, that too, because the internet's on this, on this list. I'm like, you know what? Yes. No, but yeah. what we need to say in that context is Tiara Wack, her album Wack World, is higher than Because the Internet, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like and, that. And then also just like i'm not like no shade but why is clips in the top 20 like no shade to them at all like, you know we love Pusha T, we love um pharrell but no do you know what, do you know what this list is do you know this? this list is literally an example of tick boxing like mm. there are definitely women that deserve to be on this list there are definitely you know, a queer artist like Lil Nas X, for example, is on there at number 151 that definitely deserve to be on this list. And there's newer artists like Cardi B, who at the moment is arguably the biggest. Yeah, this is fair to say the biggest female rapper at the moment, rapper period at the moment. But looking at the list, it doesn't make sense because what for starters, and I don't know why. What are we judging this on? Because because the internet is number 166. And then when I scroll down, I I see Ray Shremard at number 152. Shrem Life is higher than because the internet. And and higher than Slum Village. Slum Village is on this list. And and when you just think about that, it's just ridiculous. (laughs) Like, when you... I'm sorry, the City Girls, you two, why are you on this list? Why? City why? Girls is higher than Nas. I just want to say Can you imagine? Place. Can you imagine? And there'd be no, like I said, but there are some albums on here, which I'm like, even just me as a younger music lover, you know, Rick Ross, guys. Teflon Don. I'm like, yes, Rick Ross, even though you're a bit weird, but Teflon Don. Guys. Guys. Forest Hill Drive should be higher than it is. No, I was just about to say, it should be a lot they put than Forest Hill Drive at 132 and then they put playboy carty whole lot of red at 129 i need these people to be inspired and metro booming above they put if you're reading this it's too late above forest hill drive eden thank you for saying that because there's only i think this is only two drake albums on here and i think it's only that and thank you and take care you mean to tell me out of all the albums drake has given us if you're reading this is too late that is in the number because I will say it till the day I die. That mixtape was whack. You can fight this... me. I do not care. And that is above so many great albums, but above Forest Hills Drive. Are you dumb? And it's fucking Drake's best album. Nah. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. Why is... They our, put most is... deaf at 100. Black on both sides is at 103. And, I don't and then the pick. next one. I can't believe this. I can't believe this list is real. I can't believe... Shop A, 103, Black on Both Sides, Most Deaf. 102, <laughs> Young Thug, Birdman. <laughs> please, 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 
Wait, no, wait, no, 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 this list isn't real. This list is not real. In what world is Pusha T's Daytona better than Tribe Called Quest? I'm literally not speaking because I'm going through it and I'm just stunned. They've literally just selected albums well, and okay, put so it in the e- list. Okay, so Eden, let's talk. So, okay, we, okay so you've dissected, I think, dissected some of the list. And if you haven't read the list, number one was Biggie's Ready to Die. That was the number one album. Um, which I'm not mad at, because I do love mm-hmm. that album. Shout out to my older brother. Like, I literally grew, I grew up literally digesting the entirety of Tupac and Biggie's um, catalog. So, I have an affinity for that album. It's a, an amazing album. Um, and it has been quite integral to my love of hip-hop music um so i can't really judge that too much but let's talk about just the i guess the purpose and the need this is and what does this actually mean because you know the reason why we're in such um uproar about is because rolling stone you know it's seen as a paragon of music opinion and music criticism which i guess kind of leads into what we've all discussed myself you and nick about how we're in an age where these platforms, these organizations are becoming archaic. Like, do they really hold up? Because like seeing the way Rolling Stone have been dragged these last few days, it's like, what weight does it hold? And I'm actually gonna quote, this is um, um, this book that I read, um, called Black Diamond Queens by Maureen Mayen, African-American women in rock and roll. And various times through this book, she drags Rolling Stone for, for being garbage. But I want to read this quote in particular. This isn't actually one I had in mind, but I'd never time to find it. But the quote she said is, uh, where is it? So she said, Rolling Stone, so Cruel Daddy, which is another magazine, Cruel Daddy and Rolling Stone were virtual white male fraternities whose writers denied cultural accreditation to contemporary black music through benign neglect. The resulting marginalization of black music at the end of the 1960s reflected a deepening division between the marketing and functions of white popular music in which album rock kiwi album rock became a code for the art end of the pop spectrum and soul and the funk and anything else for the entertainment end which led to a disproportionate diversion of the valuable types of cultural capital towards white rock leaving the lesser coinage for soul and other types of black music and i think that's interesting to note because basically what she's saying is that Historically, throughout the ages, Rolling Stone has never really fucked with black music. But now, as times have changed, as it's gained more prominence, they're now changing their tune, which obviously is a sign of the times and a sign of reflecting tastes and trends. And also, I imagine the diversity in their staff. But this just shows, but reading that, like reading obviously what you know it used to be like, and what a lot, because like, you know, especially in the early hip hop, Rolling Stone actually. Uh, derided a lot of people music like Public Enemy, they lost Queen Latifah for being music of hatred and being rowdy and noisy, not real art music and all those kind of things, as opposed to you know rock and punk and these other well, I don't say white creations. No, we create everything. And this book, in fact, this book even <laughs> makes that even further clear. We create everything. And I'm saying again, Black Diamond Queens, African American Women in Rock and Roll by Maureen Mahan. If you're a music lover, you should read it. Is this literally just basically an incredible history in one book about how 
black women have really shaped rock music as a genre and also as a culture and also as an industry in which people are now um succeeding in across the ages incredible 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 book it's changed my life as a music writer and as a music lover with that being said seeing this list now in context of what i now know what it used to be like it's kind of just like who am i to take this seriously like we should really be i won't say we should be looking to other publications because they all have their own agendas but it's just like why rolling stone and authority and if i'm not mistaken i believe kanye west wants to be <laughs> pitchfork <laughs> rolling stone new york times don't call it black music anymore <laughs> And reading this, I'm like, you know what? He right. Yep. He right. Because I'm sorry. How dare you? How dare you put Drake, if you're doing it too late, above Childhood Quest and the likes of Little Brother and Jay-Z's The Black Album? How dare you? How dare you? I'm sorry, I'm saying again, I don't care. And Megan Stallion's Fever should not be anywhere on this list okay i need i need to just jump in here because watch the throne is number 71 and then fever is 75 can you imagine no sorry watch the throne is 77 and fever is number 75 and i just need to understand i need to understand the thinking I, i just need to understand i i just really need to understand the thinking behind that decision because everything Chopin said, by the way, is facts. Like, we created a lot of these, well, all Not of these genres. So we influenced, everything. yes, we, <laughs> we everything. influenced the sound, but also the way people dress, the way people dance, the way people engage with music. We as black people shaped that. And that's black people in America. That's black people in Africa, in, you know, the Caribbean. Wherever we are, we influence the sound. And just looking at this list the fact it's so lapsadaisical and lazy and just trash is really offensive like it's like there's no thought that has gone into the ordering of this whatsoever they just put 200 projects together and i as i scroll they put culture by migos at 54 who also should be nowhere on this list but at the same token, I love that T.I.'s trap music is on this list because that is a banging album. It's another album that was integral to my love of hip-hop music. Okay. And also at least... an, album, an album that was pivotal for the resurgence of Southern hip-hop music in early 2000s. So I guess, as, mm. This is what I'm saying, Eden. As much as we can cuss it, I look, there are some albums, you know, but I'm glad they included it, though. No, but it's not, they did, not they necessarily... Did. Inclusion is fine, right? Like inclusion. They should not lie on some necessary artists and albums. They did. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But it's the ordering. It's like the albums. The albums that you're talking about could have gone in place of some of these like more well-known albums. Like Fever shouldn't be on there, for example. Um, Migo shouldn't be on there. Nope. Why is she? You know what? I don't know. In terms of like influencing the news, Pink Friday is thirty-one. Pink, Pink Friday is 31. The album of Superbass. Cool. Cool. Guys, what am I reading right now? Illmatic is 24. Did I see Machine Gun Kelly? Wait, no. hold on, hold on, hold on. No. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Future. Oh, no. <laughs> Guys. 
Oh, wait, no, Machine Gun Kelly isn't on this. I thought I saw it once. Oh, I was actually about to stream. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. All right, so I, it gets better. But even saying that, I'm very disappointed. But at the same time, disappointment comes when you're expecting better, and I'm and not expecting better. On the Jake Horner, is Forest Hills Drive the only album he has on that list? I think it is. Which is quite Yeah, bad. I think so. Uh, is it though? In my opinion, I think it's probably the only one that deserves to be on this list. But why does Drake have two then? Because Drake has more than one album that deserves to be on this list. No, but if it's reading its place, shouldn't be one of those two. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It should have been. It should have been. Nothing was the same. Yeah, or I um, I would even accept to thank me later. Or so far gone. Exactly. Oh, actually, he should have way more than that. Yeah, definitely way more. And Kanye should have more albums on here think, as well. He's just I got Jesus and... No, Kanye has quite a few in there. He has two, doesn't he? Well, Kanye three has, if you include Watch the Throne. About, I think he has about four. Lay Registration's in there as well. Oh, okay, cool. I, must I think Kanye there. has about four in there. Yeah, there's quite a few I, Jay-Z I love that, well. that the Carter 3 is in the list. I love that. Love that. It's not on the list. It is on the list. I thought I saw the Carter 2. I didn't see the Carter 3. Maybe that's there too, but I'm looking at the Carter 3 right now. That's on the list. Oh, okay. Um, which is an album that I got for Christmas of that year as a 13-year-old. Incredible, incredible. Oh, there it is. Number 39. Yeah. Oh, Good Kid Mad City is on this. Oh, okay. Which isn't a surprise, but... Um, Acid Rap is higher than Good Kid Mad City. I mean, I did like Acid No, guys, 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 Acid guys, Rap guys. is a good mixtape, though. I mean, you're right. No, no, no. You're but... right, but... Acid Rap is No. Good. No, no, guys. Chief Keef is higher than Kendrick J. Cole. Can we discuss why Future and Kanye West? Why is Future in the top twenty? Why is Future no? But did you just hear what I said? Did you just hear the words that came out of my mouth? I did, but I'm still. Chief Keef is higher than Kanye West, J. Cole, Kendrick. Like, guys, what is going on? This is actually very disrespectful. Like I'm, I'm I was, jo- I was like, there was, I was semi joking before, but now just looking at this list, it's very disrespectful. Future, di- like I know loads of people love that album, right? Like I know loads of people love Future. His new project's not that bad, actually. I like the song with Thames, and I like the fact he I, featured, I he sampled Jayla Darden. It's so funny because I sent it to Chopin, and he just said, "I'm not listening to this." <laughs> It gets a hundred percent real, and I respect it. But um, yeah, this list is trash, man. <laughs> but this list is trash, and I think what you're saying, Shopee, about like are these lists necessary, and do we need to have lists like this? I don't think we do, because even I, like for example, oh, actually, I'm gonna take that out. I'm gonna take that out. Um, but like in terms of what people listen to now, it's more through word of mouth, and the way that the information gets out is much easier now as well. So I don't know who would really be reading this list, to be honest, because rap is the biggest genre in the world at the moment. And if you really want to reach the purists and the people that maybe want to go back in catalogs and, you know, find old artists, why is Rolling Stone the location that you think people are going to look for it? Like 200 is crazy for Rolling Stone. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. And the list is trash as well. Just looking for it right now again. Like, it doesn't even make sense. It's so inconsistent. And it's just literally like walking into a a vinyl shop and just kind of flicking through the rap section, like, in no particular order. 
None of it doesn't make any sense at all. Nothing makes I'm literally scrolling as I'm re- This is but, awful, man. But the thing is, though, I imagine it would be this way with any publication. No. You're, you're always going to... We're always going to disagree and be incensed and be like, what's this? No, but Shopee, there's levels to this. There's levels to this. Like, I feel like if, for example, Hip Hop DX or Complex or um, who else? Like, for example, magazines like Dazed or outlets wax, that... Wax Poetics. Any of them that actually yeah. engage with rap and hip hop release this list is curtains. They're done. They're finished. Because this list, like, don't get me wrong, they, 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 they're not always on kind of the beat. They don't always know what's going on. This is disrespectful. This is very disrespectful what they've put out there. <laughs> they're saying 50 cent, you know, get rich or die trying at 64. Like, they've put... <laughs> They put future in the twenties and get rich and die trying is sixty four. Do you know how disrespectful? Do you know what Fifty Cent did? <laughs> like Chief Keef is thirty two. No, this is wild. I can't even finish this whole section, shopping. We're gonna have to end the show. I can't lie. We're gonna have to be done with this. This is very disrespectful. I'm. I can't do this. Well, on that note, I guess that's the end of the episode. So. Yeah, we're gonna have to end it there. Do better, Rolling Stone. Honestly, because that is awful. That is a very trash list. I can't believe. It. I wasn't expecting that. I I was just thought people like had opinions on the list and, um, you know, maybe disagreed with one or two and thought you know maybe the number one position or top five was wrong. How is the whole list wrong? From one to one to two hundred. How is it all wrong? <laughs> Does it make any sense at all? Okay. Anyway, so one last question before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. What is an album? Don't ask me because I can't think of one right now. Okay. Um, actually, wait. Was the Fugees the score in this in this list? With the who? Future what? The Fugees the score was that in this? I don't think it was. Okay. I, th- I think I, I think I did see it. Oh, okay. Um, it better have been because I think I, I did. Think, I saw I one I of the albums. It. I mean, mm, I've scrolled through it three times. I don't think I saw it a bit. Someone will correct. No, me. I did. I did see like Fugees album on here. But I can't remember which one it was. Okay, so what's an album that wasn't in there that you feel should have, that should have been? Um, it's not gonna be like purist. Yeah, the score is number seventy. Okay, um, good. Okay, so it is in there. It's not. It's not gonna be purist or anything like that. But there are definitely way more Drake albums. Nothing was the same. Um, should have been in there. Um, so far gone should have been in there. And then what else is missing from the list? Um. B was in there, which is good. Common, I saw that. And Eden and I, we both love that album. I love that album so much. We both love Common. I mean, maybe some like Pete Rock, for example, would have been great. Yes. I don't think I saw him in there. That's a good shout. A very good Um, shout. Very good shout. Most Def was in there. Uh, DMX was in there. Hmm. Missy was in there. I think the wrong Missy albums were in there, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Wrong Missy Eve was in there. Little Kim was in there. I think she would have won it though. You know what? To be fair, okay, so this is this is what the list communicates. It communicates that whoever like the, the multiple amount of people that are in there, because it's signed up by different people in there, 
are well researched, right? Because like Little Sims is in there and then you've got variation. So it's not just black Americans. It's not just black men. It's black women, black queer artists, black, black British. British artists. You got like, yeah, it's it's a very varied list. So some people have done their research for sure. And I imagine with so many cooks in the kitchen, it must have been hard to position it at certain points. And I know you said that already, Shope. But because it's just the way it presents, it just seems a bit lazy. It just seems like, you know how you've just asked me this question of what's not on the list? I feel like that question was asked 200 times. And each time someone just came up with a new album and said, yep, let's just put that in. Because I I like the fact like albums like Broke With Expensive Taste is in there because that's a very yes. underrated album. Yes. That is a great album. And yes. I, I'll keep talking about that because yes. I find it funny that Azealia Banks makes fun of Grime, for example, and that album is definitely inspired or at least has elements of Grime on it. In in this, like, and even like, um, like Garage, for example, definitely Garage influences on that as well. Um, but yeah, there's just some things on Man on the Moon. <laughs> okay, I have my gripes with Kid Cudi's music. I, I'm not the biggest Kid Cudi fan, so even the first me. album. I don't get the hype. I've said this for years. I don't get the hype, me personally. Mm. I mean, I um, agree with you everything afterwards, but that first album is dope. I'll yeah, it's not. Give his flowers yeah. for the first album. Yeah. And the influence that first album has had isn't disgusting enough, in my opinion. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, it was like, mm, mm, okay. Mm, mm. But, yeah. It's a it's an it's a nice list. It recognizes the history of hip hop and its variations of people that are in hip hop. But I don't want to see this on Rolling Stone. And I'm interesting to see the conversations because I imagine there are some people are missing. There are no J Cole albums that are missing on this album. The one that was on there Ouch. should be on there. Well, no. Um, well, some Lil Wayne mixtapes are on there, so I do feel like Friday Night Lights should have been on. There. Oh, we included mixtapes. Okay, yeah, Friday Night Lights. There were yeah. some mixtapes in the list. So J Cole, yeah. J Cole's mixtape be in yeah but other than that it was a very disappointing list all right we're gonna end it there because i've got to go gym and it's 11 p.m yes um all right guys so can i can i sign up shopper yes you can cool so guys that was season eight of don't let the stands so we've had a very productive season we've had a season of exhaustion and we've been very vulnerable and upfront with the fact that we've been fighting a lot this season um we've been discussing ways to make the show better what to do like in terms of you know outside of the podcast how can we connect with you guys better but this is an opportunity for you guys to tell us what you want we want more engagement from you guys and this is us asking for it because we want to know you're out there listening so if you are listening to this podcast please email us at datspod at gmail.com or follow us on our individual social medias um do check us out at datspod as well and follow us on there if you can. We are trying to grow. We're trying to get a voice out there. We're trying to make sure that we can really turn this into something that communicates what we feel is kind of, you know, music and the importance of music. Music is healing. Music has enjoyment. Music has expression. And, you know, as we grow and develop, there's going to be more conversations that we have about, you know, our own mental health, but also mental health in general, music in general, you know, events we've gone to, and we've been doing this for almost four years now. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being here on this 
like journey with us as we continue to learn and grow and you know do our individual things who knows what's going to happen in the future um but for me individually and shopping can do something afterwards i just want to say thank you guys for always kind of listening and letting us know you're listening thank you for you know showing us how grateful you are for the show um serving trey um shared something recently um about how he's grown alongside us on this podcast and how we're one of his favorite podcasts and how much our show means to him comments like that mean a lot um getting that email from um uh, one of our listeners talking about their experience as a trans feminine person was very beautiful to hear and very much appreciated especially you know becoming aware of how dangerous that is in today's climate and in case we didn't make it very clear in our last episode we absolutely do stand with the trans community and um, in any way that we can really push their voices or allow them to be heard in our podcast or in the media in general just let us know what we need to do and we're absolutely happy to do that and it's not going to be for a hashtag so it doesn't have to be in pride month <laughs> we were very careful not to make that a hashtag or um for our own benefit in any type of way but i want to say thank you guys for listening thank you for always holding us um you know in 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 your spaces for however long you listen to our podcast it's been over four years now and the same people are still commenting want to give a special shout out to sherelle a special shout out to lucy marquise um all of the listeners who engage with our podcast benga my guy who saved me going to clear um, soul big stepper at twj underscore he's another one yep loads of consistent faces that are in our mentions all the time you know really sending love and letting us know Isaac, that you're listening chris yep chris myers we love Lair you. mara Virgilia. like so many, so many of you have really shown yourselves this season to let us know that you really appreciate us and you've like spoken about us on platforms or you've kind of um you know really pushed for us to be seen and it doesn't go unnoticed we're a small podcast we're growing we're developing we're really stepping into our voices as three individual people as well and we just want to let you know that as we continue to grow we will never forget the people who really stood by us um and it's just a thank you as always thank you guys for listening so much shopping I think you said it. You said everything. Yeah, uh, I I will just enough my own my own mouth. Yeah, I just want to echo Eden's points and um say it's truly an honor every week to see you engaging and interacting and commenting and laughing at things that we say and our opinions and even when I meet people out in front and they really like really respect our recommendations and our tastes and our opinions and the. Uh, information we bring because no we're not experts we're always very clear to say that but the fact that you guys really hold what we say in such high regard and and the fact that you're discovering other music through us and researching other artists who we really believe in big or not like like that really is just such a, a beautiful and humbling thing like music is my favorite thing in this terrible world but the fact that we're able to connect and form of community and you know through our love of music yeah so just shout out to all those people you know who you are we can't say everyone of course but we see everyone and we're very active on our accounts and um of course nick isn't here so shout out to him too you know our third limb you know mr new one 
Thank you as well. <laughs> Mr. Nuance, I love that. <laughs> I love um, that. Um, Mr. Cheeky. Yep. <laughs> you know, our in-house Cockney man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's all I have to say as well. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening. Cool. And very quickly, Garrett Kennedy, thank you for yes. coming on the show. Kamika King, thank you. Kamika King. Christopher you Scott. Know, Christopher Scott, Marquise, Marquise. Davon. Um, are we missing anyone? I think those are that our was, guests for this season. That was all. Yeah, that was all we had yeah. this season. Cool. And there might be a surprise. There might be. We're working on something. Waiting, on, waiting for an email. Actually, we'll see what's happening. A few surprises, actually. So. Yeah. But there's one particular thing that I'm hoping we get um, putting out there in the universe. Mm-hmm. But if we do, you guys will know. If we don't, you guys will also know because there'll be nothing. But um, yeah, we're going to end it there, guys. Until next season. Thank you guys for listening. Look after your mental health whilst we're away. Continue to take moments if you can. Um, Look after the people around you. And just remember, you're not alone in any of the journeys that you're walking. Just keep listening to the music and enjoy. Cool. We'll catch you in a bit. Peace.